Hey, good morning. Welcome to White Oak. Bill was right in that video. If your pastor asks you to do something, you do it. Okay? Let's make that happen. Hey, if you're watching online, thanks for joining us this morning. If you're watching later in the week, we hope you're enjoying the service so far. Hey, we started a series at the beginning of this year, and it's a series that we're using to set the tone for all of 2023, and it's called One Another. Now, the reason we're going to obsess over this year, we're going to obsess over this one another idea is because how we interact with one another, or turning that into a verb, right? We said how we are one anothering with each other is how the kingdom of God is realized and lived out. The way in which we treat one another, both those people who are brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are believers, and those who are not yet set free in Christ, is the living evidence of what we claim to believe put into action. And so as individuals, we've got to wrestle with this in order so that it penetrates our lives, right? So it gets deep into the levels of our lives and shows through what we do so that people will know Jesus in the way that he wants to be known. And as a body of believers, White Oak, we, we must be a church who models this at any cost, regardless of our own comfort our time, our budget, or whatever traditions that we follow. Today's big idea that we're going to talk about, and I want to share that with you, is this. When we serve one another, we set each other free. When we serve one another, we set each other free. Now, serving others isn't easy. It's not an easy thing to do. I've done lots of different types of service throughout my life and my different jobs and careers that I have. Uh, years ago, um, I worked for a company called Fidelity Investments. They were, you, know, you may have heard of them. They're a large investment institution. I worked in phone customer service when I started there. And I took calls from people regarding their retirement accounts. This was, and this happened, I started in 2007, so I, I worked through that market crash of 2008, for those of you that might remember that. It was real fun, okay? <laughs> Uh, I got lots of good phone calls. I could tell you stories. I'm not going to do them all this morning. I'm just saying they were interesting things. Now, I didn't give advice. That wasn't my job. I wasn't a financial advisor, actually. I was just there to provide customer service when people were trying to make transactions, when they're trying to make decisions. Like, I was there to help them do those things. And I was pretty good at it. I was pretty good. I'm pretty good at customer service. If you're surprised by that today, then first let me say, how dare you? (laughs) How dare you? Listen, I had a good phone manner. I, I was able to help these people in a time when often was pretty tense, right? Now, why did I do it? Was it a sense of fulfillment? Was it the joy in their voices afterwards? Was it the satisfaction in a job well done? It wasn't any of those things. It was money. <laughs> if I'm being fair, listen, those things were good. They, made, they gave me satisfaction beyond the paycheck. But I must tell you, at that stage in life, I was driven by a pretty common need for most adults and even probably most kids, cash. I needed money. Now, I know that sounds worldly, but let me just be realistic with you. That's what we do a lot of times. We're self-serving. In our faith, too, how we treat other people, we regularly do this for our own needs, right? It may look like we're serving others, but we do it for our own, right? Our human tendency is to approach God through legalistic self-help, self-help efforts. See, when we focus on rules and we, work, we try to do self-improvement, what follows is a self-centered religion. This means we lapse into 
slavery to rules. But instead, what Jesus says to us and what we often find in the scripture is this, that Jesus came to set us free. And what he came to set us free from is what is important in this full life that he promises. Now, if you've got your Bible with you, um, I'd love for you to turn to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 23. It's the very first book in the New Testament. Uh, And Matthew is a gospel. And what a gospel is, if you're not aware, is just a narrative of the life of Jesus. It shares the good news. That's what gospel means of Jesus and what he came to do. And so Matthew is a, is a narrative of Jesus' life. And so we're going to be in Matthew 23. So if you've got your Bible or a Bible app, pull that out. Listen, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. The words are going to be on the screen here in just a minute. But I want you to know that if you want a Bible and you want to be able to read through that, we've got them available for you in the hub. After service today, stop by the hub in the center of the lobby Talk to those friendly faces there, and they will get a Bible in your hand that you can have and take home with you, okay? Now, in this chapter, Jesus is about to give a warning to people who have been listening to the words of the religious elite of the time, the Pharisees, who were just the religious leaders who kind of made all the rules for the Israelite or Jewish people, okay? And so let's take a look at this in Matthew 23, starting right off In verse 1, he says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So he's pointing to them, saying, These people are in charge. These people said Moses was the father, one of the fathers of the Israelite people. Like they looked to him as a heritage thing. And so he's saying, They're in charge. So be careful to do everything they tell you. Okay? He's saying the, the laws are there, but do not do what they do for they do not practice what they preach. So he's saying, do as they do, but not, do as they say, but not as they do, okay? They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads, and put them on people's, other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They place the love of They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, we read that, and it doesn't look like Jesus is about to teach a lesson on servanthood until he does, right? Now, his warnings prior to that last statement, that last statement is, is like the, the crux of his message. His warnings prior to that statement, they, they warn against three kind of traps that will enslave your heart. And so we want to talk about the things that that a servant looks like when they're not a slave, okay? And so he's saying you need to free yourself to one another. And so the first one is this. A servant is free from appearances. A servant is free from appearances. When Jesus says don't be like these guys, right? Don't act like them. Pay careful attention not to be like them. As a general rule, don't get caught up in the traps that these guys fall into. And it talks about it, trying to be the best, to look the best, to, to, be at the, to get, get all the respect and, and, and look better than everybody else. And we do this, though. We do this. Our interactions with one another, we want to look good, right? 
We want to be present so that other people know that we're important and that we care maybe about a cause. We want others to think we have the right answers or believe the right things. We want some sort of recognition, even if it's just from ourselves, right? We feel an obligation or an expectation of us that we should help out. This is what appearances do, like wanting to live up to what other people see. But with a servant, what a servant says is, instead of look at me, instead of look at what I'm doing, look at how I'm serving, a servant says, I see you, but, but look at him. Look at Jesus. Look at what he did for you. Second thing is a servant is free from works-based religion. Works-based religion, again, you may have heard this works idea of like the do more good works leads to more faith, right? Now, the Pharisees, they were notorious for adding additional rules to God's commands. The more rules you followed, right, they felt like the better person of faith that you would be. Now, when your relationship, and this is truthful, if your relationship with God centers on rules of do's and don'ts, what inevitably will follow is that how you treat others, right, how you treat people in your life, how well you love and serve one another will be measured by how well they do that, by how well they follow the rules, how well what is good or bad for you is measured by the termination of what we think is needed or not needed. We put right belief, when we, do, when we put right belief in Bible study and morality of other people, this is what will happen. It's no longer about serving others, but it's really this fulfilling or satisfying our agenda when it's convenient. Why do we do that? Because we're ensnared by the belief that other people are just a means to an end, right? For our religious goals or for our preferences. And there's a sense that, right, that if you serve others just enough, that God will be pleased with you and that will get you into the kingdom. The third thing is this. A servant is free from judgmentalism. Jesus regularly blasts the religious leaders in, in, in his ministry here on earth as being eager to treat faith like a checklist, like a list that we have to do right and wrong. And in doing so, they ignore the poor, the marginalized, the less fortunate, the hurting. There are those who measure who, when, and how they'll serve someone by many things, by the color of their skin, by the income level that they have, the neighborhood that they live in, the addictions that they have, the things they're doing in their lives, the decisions they're making, how deserving they appear. If we aren't careful, then what we will do is we will measure those we're willing to help and ignore those who seem beneath or unworthy of our help. See, a servant the contrary of this is that a servant sees a son or daughter of a good father in heaven. They look at them, every person, and wants to imitate his goodness, their father's goodness, to whoever and however they can. When we serve one another, we set each other free. Jesus is trying to show that this is not what our lives should be working towards. We shouldn't be trying to put ourselves in the top place. We shouldn't be placing burdens upon people around us. 
If you guys don't know much about the, the Jewish faith, a rabbi's disciple, those who disciple with a rabbi, they are studying in order to become a rabbi themselves at the end of that initiation. And so Jesus is saying that that's not what you're supposed to do, right? You're not to look for a title of respect or honor. With Jesus, a new form of discipleship emerges on the scene. He says a disciple of Jesus will always and forever be a disciple of Jesus because Jesus alone is teacher and master. Jesus' disciples are not to seek out honorific titles or personal authority as the teacher or master over other disciples because Jesus, the Messiah, is the ultimate authority. Disciples shouldn't vie with each other for, for superiority. We shouldn't try to run the race of getting ahead of everybody else because Jesus is saying all disciples are equal in one family. This is what Jesus is trying to point out in this moment. And he ends by making it clear. He says this line, the greatest among you will be your servant. Now that is not natural for us, Right? It is not a natural inclination. We are more interested in exalting ourselves. At work, we want the best job, the highest paying job. We want to be in charge. We want to be the boss, right? We want, to, we want to make other people do the grunt work that we don't want to do. At school, we want to be the top of the class, or we want to be the best player on the team, or we want to be the most popular or, or the most liked person in the school, in our marriage or our, or our dating relationships, right? We are regularly looking to get our way. I can tell you, my wife will admit to that. I do that all the time. I want my way. She's sitting right over here. She's looking at me right now. And she's, she's saying, yeah, he wants his way. And that's the reality. When we fight, what are those fights mostly about? It's about our wants. It's about our desire, my desires, my dreams. I want to make this happen. We don't consider that other person. We hear it regularly. Our society pushes narratives to us all the time that's about us. Do what makes you happy. Look out for yourself. Don't let anyone get in your way. Don't let anyone stop your dreams. As a people, we are self-serving. That's the nature of who we are. It starts when we're children. Children, and I've said this before, you guys have heard, I will bang this drum until my kids are older probably. And even then, kids are very self-serving creatures. They don't care about anybody else. Yet Jesus is pointing us in a new direction. He's saying, you are children of faith. Stop being so selfish. Share your toys with your brother and sister. He's saying that these people who put their faith in rules and standards have done nothing but create more slavery. He said, we, you are freed. Why are you being slaves to their rules? Instead, Jesus says, you're free, free, free from the guilt of sin, free from the burden of living up to unrealistic and unobtainable, unobtainable self-righteousness. Free from the need to be better than others or to condemn other people. Instead, he calls us to serve them. When we serve one another, we set each other free. Now, there's another book of the Bible called Philippians. It was written by a guy named Paul, and he was a follower of Jesus in the early days after Jesus' resurrection and ascension back into heaven. And, and, and he, he wrote to this church that was in Philippi. 
And he's trying to encourage these believers that are, that are in this region to stay united. Darren shared a little bit of what we're about to read here. To not let their own interests cause them to bicker or to fight. And so this is what was happening in the church all over, by the way. During this time in this region, they, they were fighting, infighting. They were like saying, your way is wrong, my way is right. Like, stop, let's do this, let's do that. And Paul could see the writing on the wall. Like, he could see the problems coming. I can't imagine what he would say to the church today, if I'm being frank with you. Probably just what he said to them back then. Let's read this in Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is what they needed to be reminded of. This is what they needed to be shown when they think about serving others. That we need to be of one mind. We need to be united, working towards a common goal. What we've made serving about is what we get from it, right? I, get, when I serve to get recognition. I serve to get paid. I serve to be liked by other people. I serve so that someone else will see me as righteous. I serve so someone else will serve me. Humility and service were the crowning example of Jesus' ministry. Jesus modeled the epitome of humility and service to others by the life he lived and his death on the cross. And he did so not because of what he could get in return, but for our good. God's son lowered himself to the position of slave to lift up every other person in the world. Every other person that lived then and every other person that will ever live. That's serving one another in a new and powerful way. And that's what we need to do to serve others. We need to look like Jesus, right? Jesus gave up appearances that became humiliated on the cross. What? So that we could appear clean and reconciled before God. Jesus did all the right things and he was killed so that we don't have to depend on our works and our good deeds to save us. Jesus was ignored and looked down upon and abandoned by God so that we can be called worthy. See, Jesus didn't come to lord over the mistakes that we've made or the fact that we'll mess up in the future. He forgives us freely. That should make us want to live in a certain way. And, and you'll notice that when you read that passage, it says he humbled himself, he brought himself down, and then what did God do with him? God glorified him. God pushed him up. God made him the king. That goes back to what Jesus said. The least among you will be the, the, the king, the servant, 
will be in charge, the humble. That's what Jesus did. And I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus didn't die so that we'd just be nice to people. <laughs> if you think that's the duty, if you think that's what under one anothering is about, right? If that's what you think it is, you don't get it. It's not just about being nice to people. We're called to enslave ourselves to one another. <laughs> yeah. We used slave earlier in a negative way, but Jesus calls us to do it. We are not slaves to sin any longer, right? It tells us that clearly, but instead, we are to surrender ourselves to bondage to one another. When you enslave yourself to one another, you serve others as much or more than you used to serve your own preferences, your own needs, your own desires, your own opinions. When we serve one another, we set each other free. Paul wrote another letter to a church in a place called Galatia. This church was struggling with even more of this, this struggle with their identity as new believers because many people in the church in Galatia, they were not Israelites. They, did not, they were not born into that faith, but instead they were what were called Gentiles, right? The people who are anyone other than those who are part of the Jewish faith. And they were trying to live out their faith, but there was a group of Jewish religious leaders who were preaching and condemning them and saying, hey, you're not following all the original laws. You're not following all the standards. You're not doing it right. And so Paul writes to them to point out this error. He says, this isn't right, guys. Look, look at this in Galatians chapter 5. This is where he says this. Paul reminds them first of their freedom, and then he goes on to show them what this freedom should do to them. In verse 13, he says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love that line that he says there towards the beginning. You are called to be free. You're called to be free. He doesn't call us into a religion of standards or rules or do's and don'ts. He says be free. And once we accept that freedom, what do we do? And we might be tempted to say, well, if I'm free from guilt, right? If I'm free from rules and guilt, then I can do what I want, right? I can feel free to continue living in sin knowing that Jesus will forgive me. And that's not what Paul's saying. Paul makes it clear. He says, don't use this freedom going back to do the things that you've always done, the things that will cause harm to your life, to your faith, to your relationships, to your soul, no, he says, use this freedom and go out and serve other people. Show them who Jesus is by showing them love. Honestly, this might blow your mind. Paul presents something really paradoxical here. He says, the reason we're called to be free is so that we can become slaves. Slaves to one another. By humbling ourselves and serving others, we are putting our needs in last place. We are placing others ahead of us. We are slaves to the needs and wants of everyone else. When we serve one another, we set each other free. We set other people free from the same guilt and the same bondage and the same rules-based society of goodness. And we open up their mind to the fact that Jesus wants them to serve because he served them. Our serving one another is grace put into action. 
This week, we're going to continue. We, we did this last week, if you weren't with us or if you're watching online for the first time. We did something we're calling a one another challenge. We are, we are committing to take a step during the week to one another in some way. Looking for ways to love other people, to serve others, to encourage. And so we're gonna, we, we, we are trying to help all of you with doing this. And so we have, we have cards. They look like this. They're little tan envelopes with a colored sticker on them. And they're in the back of the room here on the, on the communion table there as you're heading out the doors. And so last week you might have picked one of these up. And you may have opened it up and inside there's a card. And the card tells you something to do this week, some action to take this week to one another. And so if you're watching online and you're not able to do this here in person, you can go to our website, www.thewocc.com slash one another, and you can find these, these challenges there as well. You can click the colored links on the website, and it'll give you one of these challenges. We want you to be a part of this too. But, we, but I, want you to say, I, want to know, I want you to know something. If you picked one of these up last week, if you're going to do it this week for the first time, if you take this and you open this, then you are committing to do what it says inside. Whatever the challenge is, you are committing to do it. You're not going to make excuses. You're not going to go, oh, I couldn't get to it this week. You're going to make it a priority. Now, I want to share with you, I want to share with you a story from last week. Like literally within an hour of doing this, someone shared a story with us. And I want you to hear what was said. Listen to the words that were shared with us. It says, I chose to reach out to someone I've had a falling out with. I let them know I miss our friendship. I texted them immediately after church. Maybe texting wasn't very personal, but I hoped it would open the door. I got an immediate response. They apologized for the way things ended and said they miss our family too. I needed to hear their apology for how things ended. I needed this challenge. I'm thankful that their card was written for me to pick today. What a great way to start my week, knowing that something that has been heavy on my heart for over a year has turned a corner, a burden has been lifted, and a door reopened that should never have closed. Listen, I'm not promising you that you're going to have the exact same experience as that, okay? Somebody else shared with me this week they tried to do the same thing and the person hung up on them. That is the reality. Listen, that's not your job to do what that to help be to make the decision for that person. The challenge isn't for them, it's for you. You might not have that what that this that what this what this experience looked like, or you might have something even more powerful. All we're asking you to do, all we're asking you, all the spirit is drawing you in to do is to commit to trying to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. So if you picked one last week and you go back there and you pick one up, if it's, if it's the same color you got last week, put it right back in and pick a different one. Get a different color this week. There's little stickers on They got different colors on them. And then we want to hear these stories like this. We want to celebrate what God's doing, right? We want to know how God's moving. So go put that website back up here. Go to thewocc.com slash one another, okay? And on that, at the bottom of the page, there's a place where you can put, you can share a testimony from how your one anothering experience went. We want to hear them because we want people to know how God is moving because God will move. 
He's done that throughout history. He continues to do it. Serving others, listen, will free them from the burden of sin and condemnation and allow them to experience the love that Jesus has for them in new ways. This is what we're called to do, to set people free because we've been set free. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for sending Jesus who humbled himself to a to the place of a servant, Lord, who brought himself down to earth, who stepped away from the power that he had, from the throne that he had, from the, from the honor and title that he had, Lord, so that he could serve us, that he could go to the cross, and that he could die for us. And most importantly, Lord, that he could raise from the dead and defeat death so that we could live forever. Thank you for that sacrifice. Thank you for sending Jesus. Lord, just help us to remember to serve others this week to serve them in the way that you've served us, to serve them in an unselfish way, in a way that looks towards their needs and not our own. We pray all this in Jesus' name.